0: Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, host of the Boston Podcast. The show you're about to hear was actually recorded a number of months back before it was posted. Sometimes that happens due to our production schedule. Doesn't matter, though. Still a great show, and you're going to enjoy it. By the way, I'll let you in on a little secret. If you want to be a, a guest on the Boston Podcast, I'll give you the secret link. It's pod617.com slash invite. That's pod617.com slash invite. You pick a time for the show to be recorded. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and before long, you may indeed be a guest on on the show enough of my yapping i'm with the show the following is a presentation of the boston podcast network podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story find out how you can get started at pod617.com 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. It's the Boston Podcast with
1: David Yazz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. It's the show where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city and sometimes other cities as well. Case in point, today, we have a fantastic guest, and I'll get to that in just one moment. Just want to remind you that if you like this show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your shows. Share it with a friend if you like it. And by the way, if you'd like your own podcast, we produce podcasts here at the Boston Podcast Network in our Westwood Mass studios, but also remotely. We'll send you out a quality USB microphone to get started. Go to pod617.com. You can be the next big podcast star. All right, enough of that business. I want to introduce my guest. His name, He comes to us from Dayton, Ohio. Go Flyers, by the way, right? Dayton Flyers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is Dr. Edmund Moore. He is the author of a book which intrigues me. It will intrigue you, too. It's called With a Father's Love. And let's welcome him to the uh, virtual studio. Let's give him a round of applause. All right. (laughs) So, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great.
1: It's a beautiful day. A little little wet here, otherwise, it's a great day.
0: Yeah, it's a little wet here as well. So, you just mentioned before we started recording that you used to live in Boston. Whereabouts? I've lived. Uh, on Cambridge Cambridge Drive, right down the street from,
1: uh, right across the street from the, from the Holiday Inn, down the street from uh, the hospital.
0: Okay, sure, I I know the area very well. And how much time did you spend in Boston, and did you enjoy it?
1: I lived in Boston for three, about three and a half years while I was in graduate school.
0: Okay, where
1: at MIT? Oh, jeez, yeah. we got yeah. a wicked smart guy on the show today. I closed out my uh, time there, from graduating. I lived in Marvin Hagler's hometown. That's why I ended up living before I graduated. <laughs>
0: that's, uh, and that's Brockton, of course, right?
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's the, the
0: City of Champions, also home to Rocky Marciano. That's why it's the City of Champions. And and I have a Rocky Rocky Marciano note later in the pod. That's a teaser. That's just coincidence. But we want to hear about your, your book, and it's called With a Father's Love. And the background on it, is, as far as uh, I can tell, was you – You got divorced, as I did, by the way, which is why I'm going to have so many questions for you. And you were you were moved to start writing letters to your two daughters. And that eventually became this project in this book, if I catch the drift correctly. But but please, please tell me about it. Please tell me the inspiration.
1: Uh, Yes. The inspiration was I was in the midst of a divorce. And since you've been through divorce, you don't know if you're going to have custody of children or what the court system is going to do. And so to make sure that my daughters knew who I was, I wrote uh, a letter a week for 52 weeks. Wow. So I ended up in the, the, uh, a book called What the Father's Love, 52 uh, weekly letters to my beloved daughters.
0: Mm-hmm. And so where and where did you begin with that? I mean, I, I, uh, let me take that back because I can think of where to, you would begin. You would probably begin by telling you, please know that I love you and no matter what, I'm going to support you. But for 52 weeks... That's a lot of subjects you got to cover, right? So what kind of things did you write about?
1: Well, of course, the first letter was uh, titled, I will always be there for you. Because even though I was going through divorce, I wanted my daughters to know, at the time they was about eight and 12, I wanted them to know that I would always be there for them despite going through the divorce. Mm
0: -hmm. And did you, I take it you, you, it wasn't just for the sake of writing it, you sent them to your daughter, I mean, did your daughters write back? Do they, do they give you feedback on these things or what?
1: Well, my daughters were eight and 12. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're not in a, in, a, in a writing environment now. People are more attached to their phones and that kind of thing. right? Uh, so it was actually a written letter to each one of them that I would basically give to them each week to read and ask them to have any questions and that kind of thing. And I just so kept writing them. And eventually after 52 weeks, I said, well, I've written these letters for a year. And I just stopped writing the letters each week. But they covered a variety of topics from finances to preparing for college. I got one called Leaders of Readers, basically letting them know I don't intend to be a helicopter pilot. Mm -hmm. It's just a variety of of topics I put in there.
0: And the reason you said that, you are an engineer in the U.S. Air Force. Is that right?
1: I'm a civilian engineer who works for the United States Air Force, correct?
0: Okay. So that means you can't be deployed or anything. Is that what that means? or? the civilian part? We can. Okay. We can, we can be deployed. (laughs) Okay. Well, But do you enjoy it? Yes.
1: Yes. It's, um, I've had many careers within a career Mm -hmm. working for the, uh,
0: the air force. All right. So what, what advice would you give to people? And I suppose specifically men who are getting divorced, I take it you've, this, this was years ago and and now, okay. All right. And how did, I guess I might as well cut to the chase. How did things turn out? Do you, how often do you get to see your daughters? Well,
1: actually it was eight years ago. Okay. And, um, I have one daughter in college. So I see her when she drives down from Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And my other daughter who's still in high school, we have a 50 50 Sharon Paradin plan. So I see her half the time and my former wife sees the other half the time.
0: What, and what, what advice would you give to people who are just starting the process? which process the divorce process the divorce
1: first thing I would say is is get a competent lawyer <laughs> that' would be the first <laughs> it thing that
0: helps yeah it helps. That
1: helps. That, that would make things a lot easier if you can work the work out the divorce with your with your spouse do that mm-hmm. up front that'll save time and pain and and money yeah. those are two things but always all doing the divorce don't bad talk to your uh, your spouse uh and let your children know that you love them
0: yeah If when in my divorce, it was, I would say it was more amicable than most. Although if you ask my ex-wife, she might give a different answer. (laughs) She she might not have been as as happy as I was with the process. But I guess what I mean to say is that even even the most amicable divorces are very sad and, and kind of hard to navigate. And so although I think ours was more peaceful than most, it's still draining and all that, I think we managed to keep a united front in front of the kids. And and I think mm-hmm. so, no matter what disagreements we had, no matter what name she wanted to call me, which I probably deserved, it always happened separate apart from the kids. And I think that worked. Did you have a similar strategy or, or what was that like?
1: Uh, s- similar strategy. The problem is a divorce is really like a death. It's a death of yeah. a relationship. And when you have children involved, a lot of times the children feel it's their fault some kind of way. So you have to assure them that, hey, this is not your fault. This had nothing to do with you. And no matter how much you tell them that, they still have that feeling it was their fault somehow.
0: And are you glad that you went through this process of of writing the the 52 letters? Do you look back on that and say, thank God I did that because now it's all down on paper? And published.
1: I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, right? One of the things about the letters was the letters were for my daughters only. Mm-hmm. And I told them I would get them bound into a book for them, which I did. So I had three copies made, went through the whole printing process and had three copies made, one for me and, and one for each of them. And friends heard about it. And they started saying, hey, you should publish this because this is good for, this be for other people other daughters going through divorce or daughters without parents or without a father and that kind of thing. So it encouraged me to, to put it into
0: a book and publish it. And so I take it, did you, you had a worry about this personal stuff becoming public?
1: Yeah. The, the biggest thing is, is, you don't want to have the book looking at it's attacking your former spouse. So right. you have to make, you have to, you have to make sure that that's not how it's viewed. You're, you're not trying to do payback. Right. And and then at the same time you want to respect the privacy, not only yourself, but of your, of your daughters and that kind of thing. So the one of the things I did in the book is I didn't, whereas any letters, I used that names. I didn't use that names in the book.
0: And I I always ask this now, so you didn't, you didn't set I usually ask authors, give me advice to write a book. Cause I used to write, I was a writer for many years. I wrote for a paper around here called Massachusetts lawyers weekly, but I only had to write in 800 word chunks and i've always wanted to write a book but i've just never had the discipline for it i guess <laughs> it seems and you really had to have a lot of discipline to write i mean you didn't set out to write a book but it must have took a lot of discipline did did you did you ever stop and say yeah eh, 32 weeks that's enough
1: <laughs> no i just I, I just kept writing i think after a year that's when i decided that i would stop that makes after sense. a year yeah it, it just sort of seemed natural. I said, "I've been doing this for a year." <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right, right. What are what are mistakes? You you say like in your bio, you say you don't claim to be the perfect dad, but you seem like a pretty darn good dad to me. What are what's advice you would give to new fathers? What what or either that or like what kind of mistakes do you think fathers make sometimes?
1: I would say that fathers could make a mistake if if the children think they're showing, if you have more than one child, showing favoritism. That could be one. If if you had a son and a daughter and you supported one's activities more than the other would be something that you shouldn't do. Yeah. Those, those are some of the types of things that so I think I, you
0: should avoid. I shouldn't be telling my son, Adrian, that he's obviously my favorite all the time because I do every day. <laughs> no, I, no I, don't, I don't do that. I'm just kidding. It gets harder, I think, when you said you have a, one of your daughters is in college now. One of my sons is in college. And I want to ask you about that dynamic. For me, I'm so proud of him. And in a way, I'm just happy if he's happy. And so sometimes I just check in and text him, how's everything going? Because I want to spend time with him, but I also don't want to bother him. Like he's living his life now. Tell me how you handle that. How do you, how do you stay in touch with your daughter at college? And is it in the process of maybe letting go a little bit? Definitely in the process of letting go. But I did tell my daughters, of, I think my
1: last birthday, they asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I said, I really love at least one call a week from you where you share. Mm. And just tell me what's going on in your life, that kind of thing. And I said, that would just be great. That's what I told both my daughters. Just just share. Let me know what's going on in your life.
0: See, that's great. Even if there's not a lot to report, just, just the checking in, the 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 contact, because it's it's hard to get into habits like that. And they get older. They don't. Let's face it. They, they may not be thinking. We think that we're thinking about them all the time but they're not necessarily thinking about us i I look back to what i was in college and i definitely called home and checked in with my parents but most of the time i was thinking about studying for my math exam or rushing a fraternity or trying to get a girl to pay attention to me or all those you get all those things on your mind in college getting along with your roommate and all that so i think it's great when before my son went off to college we recorded a a podcast. We're both fans of the TV show The Office, so I said, "What if we did? What if we did a podcast on? We pick our ten favorite episodes of The Office, and we do ten episodes of our podcast and talk about." So, just kind of a random subject, something that me and him like to do together. But since I have all the podcast equipment here, it was easy. And now I kind of have that. That did, if I miss him and he's not available on the phone, I can go back and listen to some of that stuff. So, in a way, you kind of did the same with. The letters, right? Does, does it does it mm-hmm. um, does that give you a good feeling knowing that that those will last forever?
1: I've never really thought about it as, as <laughs> like the that. letters lasting forever and that kind of thing. What's it's really been interesting the community. A lot of other community I live in, they have brought the, the book and uh, book purchases and given to other young ladies. Even back in my hometown in Georgia, they've done they did the same thing mm-hmm. and gave it to kids as their first book. That's great. And type of thing. Yeah. So it's been
0: interesting. So you can go to Edmundmore.com. That's E D M U N D More with two O's.com to find the- I
1: would I would say the best is go to Edmund H with the middle initial H More.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. Give give us that again, Dr. Moore, because I didn't get that. It's Edmund E D M U N D H S N uh Hope. Yep. More, M O O R E. Got it. Okay. EdmundHmore.com. And buy the book. And you have more than one book. Is that correct? Yes. What's the other I also, one? Also, wrote a
1: book called Village Wisdom for Our Youth.
0: Okay. What's that all about?
1: Well, we have, um, I'm the, right now, I'm the co chair of an organization called Parity Inc. in Dayton, Ohio. Mm hmm. And we have an annual awards program that's a fundraiser and and recognize African-American men in the community Mm -hmm. called the Top 10 African-American Male Awards Lunch. Nice. So during the midst of the pandemic, when we couldn't have anyone in attendance, I said, how can we get someone to support the program by looking at it by a Zoom webinar? Mm -hmm. And I suggested that they can pick and we're not feeding them. And I said, hey, I'll write a book and we give that, give us a way to the people to support us. And that was the genesis of that book.
0: Very cool. You can find both books at EdmundHMoore.com. And in a moment, Dr. Moore and I are both going to offer something that will brighten your day, hopefully, some kind of suggestion when we play our segment called Good Stuff. Before we do that, let me just take one moment to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. You could be the next big podcast star. Kids, you could you can connect with your clients, your community, your network. It's a great way to uh, stay involved and get your name out there whether you're an entrepreneur, a CEO, lawyer, doctor, candlestick maker, I don't care. We'll produce any show. It's pod617.com and we will set you up with the whole deal. From intro music, outro music, to uh, all the editing and all that stuff, and posting and hosting and all that, so you don't have to worry about a thing. You just go to pod617.com to get started. All right, as promised, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, you're the guest, Dr. Morse, so you get to go first. Something you would like to recommend to our listeners.
1: Well, since we've been in the midst of a, of a pandemic for the past two years, there have been a lot of people working from home and they're sitting down all day. Uh, the one good thing I would recommend you to do is to set a timer on your watch for 45 minutes and get up every 45 minutes and walk around and stretch for at least 5 to 10 minutes all right. to break your day.
0: I got to get up right now, doctor. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Now, that you know what? That's tremendous advice and it's advice that not enough of us i think pay heed to so so you actually do that you have a little a little timer will go off on your on your watch and remind you
1: well i don't use the watch from at home i might use the, the microwave timer <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever it takes man you that microwave timer's loud yeah so it is so important and i mean i i'm i'm getting old i'm in my 50s and it's to the point where i'm i'm not necessarily getting to the gym and even when i get to the gym i'm probably being lazy about it Walking is just a great way, just walking, moving around. Get your steps in, as they say. And so I like that one. Excellent suggestion. I'm going to recommend a movie, and I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer. And, Dr. Moore, you can, you can watch. The rest of our listeners will have to settle for listening. So I just stumbled upon this movie. It's on HBO. I think it's a big deal. I feel like not that many people are talking about it. It's called The Survivor. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer, and then I'll explain what this thing is all about. Keeps going
1: on in my head, and I can't stop it. Harry have I'm a journalist. I covered your fight. I'm interested in your story.
0: Everybody knows my story. I'm the survivor of Auschwitz. We fight
1: until one man can no longer get up.
0: Girl from back home. She doesn't know that I'm alive. But if her name is in the papers, I want to fight Marciano. I will plaster your story
1: all over the East Coast.
0: Ah, so see, I told you. I promised I was going to bring up Rocky Marciano again, <laughs> and Doctor Moore's former home, Brockton, Mass. So if you couldn't tell from the trailer, you probably just got a flavor of it. But it's a true story of this Holocaust survivor named Harry Haft. And as the trailer suggests, he has to fight in order to stay alive quite literally because they, the Nazis, they disc- in the concentration camp, they discover that he's a good fighter and that they decide to have him fight others, Jews, for the entertainment of the Nazis. Things don't work out so well for the loser of those boxing matches, but it's an unbelievable story. The actor's name is Ben Foster. If you saw the movie Hell or High Water, he was in that. He's been in a lot of things. He's so good in this. Oh, my God. He also, and you saw the clip, Doctor, he's emaciated in some of these shots, and he's he, I don't know what poundage he got down to, but he clearly lost a ton of weight. And then in the later years, I don't know if he put the – the weight back on ate a bunch of cheesecakes or something. Cause then he appears in, in sort of in different form, but it's, it's amazing. I had never, I'd never knew the story of this guy before. And if I were a betting man, I'd say Academy Award nomination for uh, Ben mm-hmm. Foster. I'm probably not the first one to say that man. I maybe, I don't know. So have, have, you haven't seen that one yet. Have you Dr. Moore?
1: I would heard about the movie, yep. but I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah. So will you, will you check it out and then report back to me? Oh, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. It, um, <laughs> It's like a good movie. Yeah. I mean, there's also appearances by, what's his name? John Leguizamo, who was a Mm -hmm. big actor for years now. He plays his trainer. And Danny DeVito pops up as a trainer as well. So a lot of fun little appearances there. But more importantly, go to Edmund. Oh, I forgot your middle initial already, Doctor. Edmund. H for Hope. H for Hope. Oh, my God. For a minute there, I was hopeless. Always hopeless. (laughs) edmund h Moore.com for the book the multiple books and uh, have we have I forgotten anything dr uh, you can also put the titles in and get it on Amazon as well
1: Amazon bonds and nobles yep
0: they there you go
1: are the books as well
0: wherever you find your fine books it is called with a father's love and I mean it took the guy a whole year to write it so throw him a bone go out and get a copy <laughs> um I hope you had fun dr Moore yes have fun and how the Celtics gonna do well we were real optimistic until the last game and then (laughs) then Giannis kind of is mucking up the works here and I'm still optimistic I love this team they actually play like a team and even though Tatum's a real star the the hallmark is that crazy defense and Marcus Smart and so you have a a dog in the race you have a team you root for you still root for the Celtics no. Uh,
1: actually, I'm rooting for Golden State. <laughs> oh, right.
0: oh, Come on. Well, I, Actually, they're kind of in the weird role as uh, underdog this year, I guess. All right. right. Well, hopefully one of our teams comes through. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Dr. Moore. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this pod, follow us on Apple Podcasts and go to pod617.com if you want your own show. On behalf of Dr. Moore and myself, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston... You must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody.